Hi, this is Mike Love of the Beach Boys, and you're listening to Good Vibrations, a Beach Boys podcast. Meet me on Swing Street, 52nd and Broadway, and we'll linger all night long at Roseland, where the big band wails and the brass sure can't play. What we'll do is dance the night away We can feel free, we can think sweet Hypnotized by the rhythm All our troubles fade away At Roseland Where the maestro grooves And the crowd comes alive Hidey ho, how you gonna keep you cool When it's too hot not to jive Second and Broadway, the opening track from Dina Martin's latest album, Swing Street, released September 9th, 2016. Welcome to Episode 9 of Good Vibrations Beach Boys Podcast. I'm your host, David Beard. And if you're asking yourself, why is Dina Martin on a Beach Boys Podcast? I think that's a fair enough question. I'll explain. On August 3rd of 2016, we lost Ricky Martin. 
And many know Carl Wilson actually was married to Ricky and Dina's sister, Gina Martin, for a number of years. They married in the 80s. And uh, unfortunately, Carl passed away in, uh, on, in February of 98. There's a lot of strong familial ties as well as musical ties uh, with the Martins and the Beach Boys world. And first, for Ricky, in 1970, he actually took the cover photo for the Beach Boys' 1970 Sunflower album. That's Ricky's picture where the Beach Boys are sitting on the golf course, which was right outside of Dean Martin's house. And secondly, in 1977, Ricky released a solo album titled Beached, and that was co-produced by Carl Wilson and Billy Hinchy. So we're going to be getting into a little bit of that today with Dina. We're going to be talking about Ricky and the relationship that Dina had with Ricky, as well as her memories of the Beach Boys. And so that's where we're going to get started today. We're going to be doing a three-part uh, podcast about Ricky today, Dina, and upcoming episodes will include uh, Billy Hinchy and Bobby Figueroa and Carly Munoz. So we're going to be getting into that uh, other great podcasts are coming very soon. But here we go. Let's get started with Dina. We're going way back. I'm, well, let's see, because I'm trying to think of uh, who I met first. And I am pretty sure, well, of course, you know, we went to school with Billy Henchy and Annie Henchy. Mm-hmm. So uh, Dino, Desi, and Billy were, uh, so I'm, I can't remember what year that was. But, you know, I was in third or fourth grade and, um, and let me see, at Beverly Hills Catholic School. And Dino, Desi, and Billy were all in the same grade. Of course, Ricky was younger, and Annie was my, uh, you know, my best friend. Mm-hmm. And we lived, you know, around the corner from each other. They, Annie and uh, Billy, lived with uh, their parents on Foothill, and we lived on Mountain Drive. So they were just one block uh, south of Sunset, and we were one block north of Sunset. And we were really good friends. And I tell you, Dino, Desi, and, and uh, uh, Billy. They would uh, rehearse together because, of course, the Beatles. So I'm thinking, you know, it had to be the 60s when the Beatles were out because they all had Beatles haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking at a picture. I was looking at a picture the other day of when we all went to meet the Beatles in 1964 at uh, Jay Livingston's house, I believe it was. And it was a party. And I have, I have the picture in my book. It was a garden party for hemophilia. Okay. They put on as a charity for hemophilia, and all of the, uh, and I'm sure Warren Cowan, you know, Rogers and Cowan probably put the whole thing together, because I saw a picture of him in there. But, um, so I was looking at Ricky and Dino, and they had the exact same haircut as Ringo, and <laughs> and all of the Beatles who were sitting up behind us, and it was so cute. It brought back such memories of how they looked. But that's when they were Dino, Desi, and Billy. And Billy later, uh, well, Annie later married uh, Carl Wilson from the Beach Boys. Right. Annie was, of course, you know, my my best friend. And uh, so I'm trying to think uh, that's the first time that I met Carl. So uh, let's see. We were, I think my sister Claudia was dating Terry Melcher. And we all met because he was recording The Birds at that time when uh, Jim McGuinn was Roger McGuinn, or is it vice versa when, from uh, The Birds? Like, was he, is he Roger McGuinn now or was he Jim McGuinn now? 
Uh, no, he's Roger now. So yeah, it was he's Roger G- now. Well, he was Jim McGuinn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we would go to those recording sessions of the birds, and in fact, we were there when. Uh, they recorded Mr. Tambourine Man, things like that, so that was kind of fun. And that's how we met the Mamas and Papas and uh, Brian Wilson. So it was all around the, the same time. Uh, it was uh, quite a wild time in the, in the 60s at that time. But I'm trying to remember the exact time that we met uh, uh, Brian and, and all of them. And Bruce, and, well, Bruce Johnston came in later. It was Mike Love and and Al and uh, Carl and Dennis when I first met Dennis and uh, well all of them. Now that was that was tragic, but I I can't remember the exact time. But everybody was kind of hanging out together, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and so and it, and it was fun. It was it was really a lot of fun, but it was a lot of music and. Um, as I say, you know, I was, you know, younger than, and you know, same with Ricky and, and Dino, Desi, and Billy. But um, we would go over to Brian's. I think Brian had the, uh, was that, uh, Brian had the recording studio at his house. And, and Bellagio, it, right? Yes, and Bellagio. And Marilyn, you know, became <laughs> friends with Marilyn. As I say, the 60s, and they say you weren't doing it right if you if you remember or something. Oh yeah, that's right. If you remember it, you weren't there or something. Or, right, ex- exactly. But I was just a little young, so. Uh, but it was you know it was an exciting time, and they were all, uh, you know, uh, to me just you know nice and fabulous, you know, uh, great great people to uh, to be around because they were the Beach Boys and they were clean cut at this time and mm-hmm. and, and fabulous. <laughs> Round, round, get around, I get around, yeah, get around, round, round, I get around, I get around. Hi, this is Dean Tw- 
Torrance, and you are listening to a podcast all about the Beach Boys. It's called Good Vibrations. Tell me a little bit more about your, your family dynamic. So many of your family members were musically inclined. I know Dino, obviously, was with you know Billy and Desi, and, and Ricky got into music. You're in music. Your father was in music. Was that just something that your your parents wanted you all to get into as children and you and you learned, or how did that happen? I think just uh, being around it, it's not that they wanted us to be in it. You know, it's, it's funny with my dad. He, he just wanted us to be happy. Whatever we wanted to do, he just wanted us to be happy, nice, you know, great kids and grow up and, and just enjoy our lives. Uh, but being around who we were around was such an influence uh, for us. You'd walk into the living room and you'd have Sammy Kahn sitting at the piano, maybe writing time after time. Um, you know, Uncle Frank Sinatra would be over at the house or uh, the, the people that my father hung out with and the people that we went to school with. So it was, this was an atmosphere that we grew, uh, grew up in and music was a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, when you're thinking of the 60s, um, my older brother Craig, of course, they loved you know rock and roll. Dad didn't understand rock and roll at that time. And my older sisters, they, uh, you know, it was, I'm trying to think who was who was popular there. Of course, Elvis. Uh, you know, they were loving Elvis because I'm going back to to that time. But it was rock and roll, and my brother Craig ended up going into production. My sister uh, Claudia, she was uh, she was an actress. And she was in a couple of those, you know, beach blanket bingo, um, you know, the movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, ghost in a ghost in, in a bikini or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was in that. Um, and I, I don't think the Beach Boys were in that, but there was a lot of music, and we knew, you know, Frankie Avalon and um, and uh, Frankie Valley. So it was it was just uh, music. But I grew up with music, listening to Dad. Uh, of course, loving the Beatles. I had a rock and roll group when I was 17 years old, and we were called the uh, Chromium-Plated Streamline Baby. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> don't ask me why, and I played, you know, at the Whiskey A Go-Go. But we grew up with music around us, and uh, so those are the people who came over to the house, to the parties. We went to the recording sessions with my dad, met all of the musicians. When I was, uh, I can't even remember, I mean, I was very, very little, I went to Capitol Records with my mom, and I, uh, to Studio A, and I sat on a cold little metal chair, and my feet didn't even touch the floor, and I watched my father record his first number one hit. Memories are made of this. Wow. I was so impressed with that. He had three backup singers and he had all the musicians, and he was up on the podium. And he was so funny because it got quiet for a minute. And Dad looked up from his music and he said, Oh, is it my turn? And everybody started to laugh. <laughs> you know? And I thought, Oh my gosh. So they ran through uh, Memories are Made of This maybe two, maybe three times. And the producer over the loudspeaker, you know, he came back and said, I think we have a record. And that's the one that became his first number one hit record. So that was Memories Are Made of This. The sweet, sweet memories you gave of me. You can't beat the memories you gave of me. Take one fresh and tender kiss. The memories you gave of me. 
You're listening to Good Vibrations, a Beach Boys podcast. When was it that you first became aware of, of what Ricky was doing musically and, and what he was doing, and, and how did that strike you? It's when, uh, when Ricky sent me, uh, let me see, he sent me his first recording, and I'm trying to remember what year that was. You know, I mean, this is tough. We've been through a lot uh, all these years. And he sent me his recording, and I thought, you know, that's pretty good. And it wasn't rock and roll. Stop and look around. Yes. And I thought, oh, you know, he's, you know that, that's very good. And it had to be it had to be tough for him. You know, his dad was Dean Martin. Uh, he was following in the footsteps of Dino, Desi, and Billy. And I, and I was out singing, and, and Gail was out on the road um, doing her um, you know, nightclub act. And... And he got up and he did that, and he was, you know, he was great. But there was something so sweet about Ricky that you couldn't help but just adore him. And he was funny. He was probably the funniest one in uh, in our family, aside from my dad. Of course, all of us had incredible sense and still have great senses of humor. You know, each one of the Martins is a ham. You know, I mean, that's just <laughs> you had to do that to survive in the house. You had to be funny and and. Um, Ricky, Ricky was. Then I believe he did the movie with Lisa Hartman, Hawaii, okay. and that's what I uh, that's what I remember him doing the movie. And then uh, when he came back, and I went to one of his shows with his uh, what was the pack? It was Ricky and the pack, and he was adorable. So mm-hmm. you know he had a very nice way of being on stage. He uh, just like myself, just like my dad. Uh, he connected with the audience, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, he made people uh, feel comfortable. That's that's the way. 
You know, it's not that Dad taught us to do anything, didn't teach us to sing. In fact, I remember asking uh, Dad, uh, you know, if I could take voice lessons. And he said, why? You want to sound like everybody else in the choir? <laughs> oh, he said, uh, get your own voice. You know, see how, uh, make it uh, make it yourself. You don't want to sound like everybody else. So I said, all right. Now, when I, when I asked uh, Frank Sinatra, I said, well, how do you sing? How do you get that great tone? And he said, well, you know, and he gave me a very detailed answer. You know, he said, well, it's all about the air. You take in a big breath and you push from the diaphragm. He said, and I can tell the minute, you know, even before a note comes out, if I'm going to be on key or not. I looked at him and I said, does my dad do that? He says, no, your father has no idea what he's doing. He just does it. <laughs> and, and it was, you know, and, and, and right then, you know, it's like the light went on for me. I said, oh, my God, my dad does. He knows exactly how to do it. Uh, it's a beautiful, God-given uh, talent of his. So I, at that moment, I thought, well, maybe Dad doesn't understand. Not everybody has that. <laughs> Not everybody knows just how to sing. Mm -hmm. So when uh, Frank Sinatra told me this, that gave me another clue into into singing. Of course, I had many, uh, you know, I've had coaches, you know, since then. But I had my own voice because of my dad, and and so we learned from him. Not that he told us what to do, but when we would watch him on stage, he was so great. That's that's how we are. He was gracious and funny and kind to everybody, and that's how he was uh, every day, and that's how he was on stage. There was no difference between the Dean Martin who was at home or on stage. He was the same, and that's the same with Ricky and with me. Um, when we get on stage, we're, we're exactly, we're not a character. We're just who we are, and we learned that from my dad. Mm -hmm. And that's where, and Ricky had it. And I have received so many cards, you know, and sympathy cards and things for, for my mom and for Ricky, and letters from the ladies who, who loved going to his shows. And they would say, you know what, he was so sweet and kind, and he looked so great, and he paid, uh, you know, great tribute to your dad. And uh, he would come out and sign autographs, and, and he was like one of us. So it was so nice to hear that about him, <clears throat> because Ricky and I did, I had Ricky open for me um, at Foxwoods a couple of years ago, and he came out, he was wonderful. Uh, he did his uh, he did his first part, and then I came out and, and did my my show, and then I brought Ricky out, and we did the duet after. We did You're Nobody Till Somebody Loves You at the end. And, of course, all the ladies were just dying. Everybody. I mean, it was great. Then we went out and signed autographs. And Ricky would sit down. He gave his red pocket square to uh, one of the ladies. And, uh, you know, they uh, they adored him. They loved him. And he would sit there and talk. And people, people could not believe that we were... Um, that way, we would spend time with uh, with the fans and talk to them, and they would tell us stories, and, and you know, and they would tell story after story. And Ricky would sit there. He had a nice long line at his, uh, you know, at his table, and we were kind of back to back and having fun and joking. And that's the last time that I was able to perform with him, and it means so much to me. And right before I left to go to his uh, service. I got a I got a uh, a letter in the mail and it was with photographs of these two ladies Linda and Linda and a mass card they had sent a mass card for Ricky and a nice letter saying how much they adored Ricky and that they couldn't believe that he was gone they had been to three of his shows and they sent pictures of us because they came to the one at Foxwoods so there were pictures 
of uh, of Ricky and me, of course, and these Linda and Linda, and uh, pictures from concerts that they had gone to of, of Ricky for years before. And so for me as a sister, uh, to see the love that he received from all of these these people who saw his show, and he touched them. He touched them all. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, for me, you know, my, my favorite memory of Ricky. Speeding round everywhere My mind is going round and round God, won't you slow this over down Stop, stop, take a breath and look around Spacemen are flying up to Mars So you know we will reach the stars to thank Dina Martin for being my special guest today on episode nine of Good Vibrations, a Beach Voice podcast. I've been your host, David Beard. And I want to remind you that Dina's album, Swing Street, is available now, as is Ricky's solo album, Beached. It was released in 2015 on Real Gone Music, so you can also get that. It's an expanded edition. It has all 11 tracks, and then there's four bonus. Uh, The single that was released was Stop, Look Around with Moonbeam. So there's both a stereo 
which we just listened to, the stereo version of Stop, Look Around, backed with Moonbeam stereo vision, and then the mono version of both of those songs, Stop, Look Around, and Moonbeams. So that's available on the Beach Expanded Edition from Real Gone Music. Be sure and pick it up. Great album. You'll be hearing more tracks from uh, Ricky's Beached album in the upcoming editions of Good Vibrations Beach Boys podcast, and I'm going to be having those soon. Uh, like I said, one part two of the Ricky Martin tribute will be with Billy Hinchy, and then part three will be with Bobby Figueroa and Carly Mignot. And these guys, if you're not familiar with those names, Billy, of course, came from Dino Desi Billy, the 60s trio, and it was with the Beach Boys band for many, many years and co-produced Beached with Carl Wilson for Ricky. I'd like to thank you for tuning in, and as a quick reminder, if you haven't, if you're on Facebook and you haven't liked the Endless Summer Quarterly page, please do it. Head over to just type in Endless Summer Quarterly, go to the page, click like, and then head over to e s q u a r t e r l y. That's e s quarterly dot com. That's Endless Summer Quarterly's website and you go on over there and you're going to see uh, all the different things that we've been into we're now entering our 30th year the magazine's entering its 30th year we've been we've been reporting on the beach boys and their activities and doing exclusive interviews all that time and if you haven't subscribed yet and you really want to see what we did last year please check it out last year in 2016 we sell, you know the beach boys celebrated the 50th anniversary of their pet sounds album and the 50th anniversary of their one of a kind pop single good vibrations and i was able to conduct interviews with brian wilson mike love al jardine and bruce johnston in 2016 it's the only place that all four gathered together in a publication and did brand new interviews so that's uh, definitely worth checking out if you're a hardcore Beach Boys fan. Look for episode 10 real soon. Thanks for tuning in.